This episode is brought to you by the Renovate program, a program specifically built to help busy professionals renovate their everyday to create the time to change. So here's the question. In our professional services businesses where the rules were written decades ago and the world keeps changing, how do we as experts grow our businesses, support our people, meet disruption, all while staying true to ourselves and our values so that we can thrive? That's the question. This is the In Demand Accountant. I'm Sam Dean, your host, and this show explores the answers. Stay tuned and enjoy some brave conversations. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Today, I'm going to continue this series in talking about, last week, we talked about the difference between strategy and strategic planning and why strategy was so important and and actually reasonably simple. Today, we're continuing that series around strategic planning. Just want to quickly remind you, there's three stages to it. There is strategy, which we really drill down on, then planning and budgeting is also included in that. And that's what we're going to cover today. And the last one, which will be next week, is implementation, which is quite often where plans and strategy actually fail. And so we're going to talk about and drill down on some of the stuff that we can do then next week, because that's really why a lot of my plans have fallen over in the past. This week, we're going to concentrate on planning and budgeting. And I want to really kind of rethink it a little bit with you, if we can. Because I think that quite often these two terms get stuck together as well. And I want to, you know, really look at that. So let's talk about, just quickly um, remind you, or if you're doing this separately, exactly what strategy is. And strategy is simply, where do you want to be? That really takes some work. Where are you now? And what would it take to get there? And is it realistic? That's as simple as that. Now, the planning side of that is then actually what would it take and actually stepping that out into small manageable steps. So planning is the action and steps that we go through to get there and how it also need, you need to actually plan how we need to drive the change that we need to get there. Because quite often this element's missed out of planning because quite often any kind of change needs a behavior change or a mindset change. So we don't actually plan that. We might say we want to get to, if we're trying to develop a sales plan, for instance, we might want to start ringing five people next week and we want to try to build that five people in the first month and try to build that 10, et cetera, going on. The problem is if we've never made a sales call before, we actually have to then plan for the change that we actually have to have as well. And also quite often in planning, we do use spreadsheets and stuff and none of that can actually be done in a spreadsheet. Another key element to planning is to actually keep it really simple and focus on one or two things at a time. When you're looking and developing sort of high strategy that's quite large, there's probably a lot of things that you can do in the actual plan. But the thing about planning first up is to actually plan out your milestones and steps and just focus on one thing or two things at a time. The last bit of planning, um, which is super important, is to actually document and agree that it's going to actually happen. And I don't mean some kind of big, beautiful Word document. I mean, just spreadsheet. And I know I just talked about spreadsheets, but whatever you want to use that says, these are the milestones, this is what we're going to achieve, and this is how we're going to achieve it. Using the sales example, it could be, okay, we want to um, increase our 
calls to people that we haven't spoken to before to increase our sales funnel. We're going to do five and then 10 and, and then we want to be by 15 by a month by the end of quarter one. But how we're actually going to do that is first of all, we're going to do some sales planning. I'm sorry, sales training, get comfortable with that. We might do a mock a couple of times in the first two weeks, and then we're going to actually select our calls and make them. And then we're going to review what was uncomfortable, what wasn't, what days worked and whatever. And then we're going to do it for second month, third month, and then we're going to reiterate it at the end. So that's a very simple way to plan. And remember, don't just plan the steps. And quite often when we plan, particularly if if you're an accountant or any kind of business person with a a more accounting finance background, we kind of, and I see a lot of businesses do this as well, is, well, we want to get to a million dollars. So we just do a plan that is doing that. You actually have to plan the behavior behind the change that you need. So that's actually where you need to spend a lot of time in planning. So why sometimes this is a bit hard for us is Two, if we go back to the strategy, we actually have to believe in it. So if there's any kind of doubt on that, you also have to look at why, you know, really believe in it. And then when you're going through the planning process, link back to that emotion and why you believe in it, why you want to get there is because most planning processes do take time um, and the small consistent steps that it needs to implement you do get further and further away from the excitement of that first strategy or what you actually wanted to do. So you need to keep hooking back on to that one as well. So the next thing we're going to talk about is budgets. And I'm really going to spend a bit of time here, kind of undo our relationship with budgets. Now, there's a few problems with budgets. The first one is that budgeting is really where we sit safely. Most people sit a whole lot more safe, safely in the budget area as opposed to the strategy or the planning area because strategy for the thing is you're predicting future and planning, particularly if you're doing it around actions and stuff and revenue stuff, particularly, you are actually planning for things you can't necessarily control. So you have to look at planning how, you know, to the behaviors behind whatever it is. An example of this is, of course, revenue, for instance, is that actually the things that uh, humans control that, so clients and customers control that. And we're not sure, particularly if you're starting a business or a new product line in your professional services firms, what that might actually look like. However, when we look at budgets, the only thing they're really good for, and we're fantastic at it, is costs, because we can actually control costs. It's one thing that we can control. So from a safety and, and, and discomfort point of view, it's quite good to do a spreadsheet because you can predict, you should be able to reasonably predict your costs, particularly your fixed costs, and ultimately on turnover, your variables. You should definitely have costing budgets and expectations and all of that sort of thing. However, they're not a planning mechanism. They're really just good for costs. When you're looking at planning, then you look at the revenue of what the client is willing to pay. You, as I said, you can't actually control that. The reason I would think that the Alistair Dollar Mindset or the expert mindsets, particularly in the accounting industries, is that for so long, our revenue, we kind of think it does drive off our costs. Even when we're looking at return on investment with wages and stuff, you know, we, we aren't three to four times salary. So we're looking at the costs and thinking we should have this revenue. And that's a very normal budgeting and planning budget in any style of business, whether it be 
accountants or quantity surveyors or lawyers, etc. We look at the actual revenues, sorry, the actual productivity and the capacity, and we do these big capacity spreadsheets. So if our capacity says that we can three, do $3 million, we budget the $3 million. However, the people who drive the $3 million are actually the clients. There has to be work in the funnel. There has to be sales. There has to be that sort of stuff. The accounting industry in particular, of course, the the fact that we do tax work actually and the ATO drives that. People have been paying what we charge based on our costs for, well, I'm going to say over a century now. And that's why we do this. That's why we do our budgets based on revenue and what happened last year. The problem is quite often we do do them. We also also do them based on last year and adding 5% or whatever that is. But if we weren't happy with last year and we do a 5% budget, then you're budgeting on failure. So we've got to really spend a lot more time in between and we must budget on what drives the revenue. So not just dollar. It could be you might budget, as I said before, from that planning aspect. That's actually when I'm taking, we're going to do five calls and 10 calls and 15 calls. That's also a, a way to budget and plan. So really get to know your numbers and, but say for sure, get you to know your numbers. Use budgets from a costing perspective to know what your break-evens are and what you actually need to do. You can then tie that back into the strategy and see if it's actually possible. Or if you're planning on doing, say, adding a new profit, uh, sorry, a a new service, a bookkeeping division, and you want to do $200,000 in that bookkeeping division for the year because you've just employed a bookkeeper and that's what she should be able to do. But no one in your, your team kind of knows what that looks like. You don't have any kind of system to find the bookkeeping and the accountants are so busy doing accounting that they can't sell it. You know, you can do all of the spreadsheets that you want, but the actual funnel is not going to be driven or if you haven't done the marketing or whatever that is. So you have to link back your plan to the cost. Yes, but you have to budget on what drives the numbers as a, what numbers drive the dollar numbers not what the actual revenue is because at the end of the day, you can't control it. So it's super interesting. I'll use an example now that I used on a webinar the other night of a client that we've worked with for three years. And when we started working with him and we did the strategy, what he really wanted was to be working much less hours around this time of year. And this will be dropping on the first week of June. So you know, we're fairly fatigued at the moment and a lot of accountants specifically are are working big hours. Lawyers are working big hours, you know, getting compliance or whatever done. And I remember driving, you know, talking to him and he was working 16, 17 hours. I was like, so when we did the strategy in July, we just said, okay, what we want to aim for, what we want next year. So remember that word, what we want, he wants next year is to actually be working normal hours, not dropping any revenue. I think his revenue at that stage is around 600 making the same profit with the same staff, but working less hours, normal hours, actually. There wasn't even any kind of thing to there. And, you know, I, I said to him, I think we can be, you know, increasing revenue. He stuff. He said, I'm not going to concentrate on it. I don't really believe it or whatever. So we put a plan to that. And we also, the sub plan to that was to make sure that the staff were taking over some of the roles and stuff that he was doing. There was certainly enough capacity from a cost point of view. We did look at that, like that there was enough space in the business for it without him working these crazy hours. Now the plan changed a few times during the year and plans have to be flexible. You have to be always stepping and looking at them and and revising them. 
throughout to see that they are still going in the direction because they do take knocks all the way, so they do knock off course. There were two incidences here with staff. One had to go, and then the one that replaced them wasn't efficient, and that looked like it was going to derail everything, but we could just get planning and having great conversations and, and kept going and kept that accountability piece going. Anyhow, the end of the first year of that... He was working 40, in fact, he was working 40 normal hours. Um, I think he actually took the last week or two off in June and his turnover was 750. Now that's a classic example. We did not budget for that. There was no budget, no revenue budget. There was a cost budget, but we planned what we wanted and then the revenue came. And what was interesting about this client, it was never a goal of him to get to a million dollars. This was my goal, by the way, but, and he did in two years. And now he's doing, actually, you know, when we changed the goals to, um, he loves business advisory style of work. And so he's doing much, much more of that. He's growing a really good team. And he is now working much less hours and playing golf on Wednesdays. That's what the difference in a practical situation between planning and budgeting looks like. I know this because I used to do budgets all the time, particularly when I was doing the transfer from a different product. So from tax compliance work into more, more advisory um, growth programs, I was very used to putting, okay, well, I my salary is X, Y, Z and my team's X, Y, Z. So I should be able to do a million dollars. I mean, it, that just does not work when you're putting new products in or trying to develop any change. So the key, the key takeaway to that is to really just focus on it. And I can, sorry, I can tell you that when I was doing those budgets, I, it used to be very disheartening too, very disheartening. So, and when we work with firms and we start with this, the budgets tend to be what are we going to do in the year divided by 12. If you are going to budget, budget for fluctuations and budget for that as well. And again, if you're looking at saying you didn't make anything in July, usually, if you want to get you know off that sort of compliance hamster wheel of being very busy now, May and June, you actually need to bring revenue forward so you start the year really quickly. So think about things like that. Plan on the change that you need and budget on the numbers that will drive it. So just a couple of tips there that I would really like to leave you with on this one. And that is establish what you want. Believe what you can achieve in it. I'm bringing that forward from last week as well. Simplify it to one or two things at a time and plan for change that you need it to make. And break it down into small achievable steps consistently done over time and do them. So next week, we're going to talk about just that execution and the accountability piece around planning, strategic planning, and how to sort of bring that into light. So I, I hope that you would enjoy me for next week. We're so passionate about what we're doing in this field. And I think that this is one of the big things that I think all business owners and, and teams need to take forward, no matter what time of the year it is, it doesn't really matter doesn't even matter if you're not doing business strategy. You use this kind of technique if you want to develop a new product. Do some research with your client. Any kind of projects or anything you have, you should take that strategic planning um, approach with. What's the strategy? Where do we want to be? What's the problem we're solving? How, how, where are we now in it? What are the steps that, to get there? And is it worthwhile doing? And then plan it out and then keep accountable to it. So um, just keep going. So we're running... As I said, we're very passionate about this and I know that this is a big missing link. We're running workshops on it. I would love to see you have a quick conversation about it and actually get engaged interest on that as well. 
So if you'd like to drop in and book a consultation or just email me, I'm Sam at blueprinthq.com.au. I would really appreciate it and I would love the conversation. And as always, continue the conversation and breathe brave. If you want to get a different result for your business and you're sick and tired of spinning on the same hamster wheel every year, we are running a series of workshops that can get you off it. They're very pragmatic. You'll come away with a plan and then also the skills to actually execute the plan as well. So set up a one-on-one call with me for 15 minutes and explore if this is right for you. And as usual, we look forward to continuing the conversation and be brave.